Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs here at Tab. He helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online. Uh, usually the first hour is easier than the second hour, 800-966-WTIC and 860-522-WTIC are the numbers. We are also live over at WTIC's Facebook page, and uh, you can follow us there, and you can even put questions in there as well in the comments area. And the more comments and shares we get, Mark Zuckerberg deems the the uh, video worthy, and other folks might see it as well. So as usual and customary, we talk about technology news that's out there, and Zooming is becoming weird for the workplace. There's a column out here from um, in the New York Magazine's The Cut that is talking about all the weird Zoom um, requirements that companies are starting to make on their employees. The one that I found was one of the more funny uh, requirements is to make everyone in the company working remotely click on Zoom and stay live in a Zoom room. So you're all there with your all day long with your cameras rolling um, on you while you work. Nothing creepy about that, right? And, um, of course, companies are going are gonna to be implementing more and more spyware into your computers when you go home and bring your systems home because they need to know you're working. Sorry, they do. Um, and uh, what they're also going to be are trying to do is figure out how to do the spying without paying for spyware. <laughs> so they want you to turn your camera on um, all day long. And some of these bosses say, oh, it's, it's, it's great. So we can just ask questions of each other whenever we want. You know, hey, Bob, I got a question over here. And your Zoom camera's live and your everything's live. Now, obviously, they're not thinking this through. And just all the noise and garbage that occurs at home while you're home with your kids and your dogs and the uh, Amazon truck keeps rolling up every five minutes. Um throughout your day, but that's what these, these folks are doing. And this, this article is kind of interesting as far as all the weird approaches to Zoom that companies are, are, are taking. Um, so working from home has its benefits, and we all agree to that. But companies need to understand whether or not things are getting done. And uh, the other benefit, of course, of Zoom is the ability to work from wherever you want to be. So if you think about it, if you're in a high-tax state, or in a high-tax town, or anything like that, you can exit 
but still work. So if you think about what's going to happen, and it's going to happen, a lot of folks are going to be exiting and reshuffling. It's going to be a massive reshuffling. Well, they're already doing that yeah. because people from New York City are moving to Connecticut, buying homes here. Right. Because they find that if they only have to go into the office between one and four times a week, right. they, they don't mind that commute. Right. And what they can afford in Connecticut versus what they can afford in New York City. Right. You know. Big difference. They can have a mini mansion here. Right. They really haven't, in my opinion, they really haven't done all their homework, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> uh, but the point is you can work from anywhere, right? So, And even companies are realizing, hmm. So if you're working for a Silicon Valley company in, in San Francisco, right, and you've got a Silicon Valley salary, you know what the companies are saying? Well, now that you've moved to Podunk, Texas, and it costs you 30% less to work there, your salary is going to go down 30%. So keep that in mind, too. A lot of companies have to pay you more because of the high cost of living where you're stuck. Well, now if you get to move, win for you, win for the company, they get to charge pay you less. Now, you can still argue that. It's up to you. But that's what the companies are starting to do. But they also get to downsize their offices because they don't need as much office space. Correct. Less office space, less air conditioning. I feel bad for anybody owning commercial real estate right now. Um, good luck if you're in that, in, in that world because, goodness. I mean, well, I think you're going to see the cycle where people are going to go and go remotely too much. Oh, yeah. And then it'll come back. Most people want to go yeah. to work. They want to go to Everything a goes in cycles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, this is just, but, you know, but, but folks have seen how this can work really well. As long as you're getting the production out of your people you're hoping to get. And believe it or not, when I find myself working from home, I, I don't even move from my spot all day long. I'm sitting there working on my systems and working on my work and all day long I'm there versus in an office, you get up, you move around, you chat with your coworkers. So you lose that camaraderie. You, you lose that, that collegial uh, back and forth when you're working at home. But when you're working at home, you're just like plowing nose to the grindstone on your system all day long. <laughs> Probably yeah. not healthy. Uh, yeah, you're not getting any exercise. You've got to get up and get away from that computer at least a few minutes every right. hour. My watch keeps telling me to get up, but... I'm just saying there's a lot of interesting things going on with Zoom. So some of these companies might just tell you to turn your camera on all day long. Yikes. What do you got, Bob? Okay. Well, I'm kind of at a crossroads here on these. I didn't find a lot of what I consider really good. Yeah. Uh, Non-controversial. Oh, boy. You're going to bring this. He's bringing this. Okay. Go ahead, Bob. He's bringing up this article. All right. Go ahead. All right. So <laughs> seen that article. Oh, my goodness. Meet the rat who won a Medal of Bravery for finding 39 landmines. A trained rat. A hardworking rodent named Magawa uh, has, gotten the, uh, has gotten the international recognition most rats can only dream of. <laughs> I didn't know rats could dream <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, sure uh, they have. Yeah, have you seen Ratatouille? Go ahead. Okay. Big uh, congratulations are in order for Magawa, an African <laughs> giant pouched rat. Yeah. Um, just awarded a gold medal for life-saving bravery for his work detecting, detecting dangerous landmines. Wow. Born in Tanzania in 2014, Magawa has since, age, has, has since age two enjoyed a highly successful career detecting landmines in Cambodia. Wow. So far, he's found 39 landmines and 28 items of unexploded ordnance, according to Apopo, a global... Nonprofit started in Belgium that breeds and trains rats for humanitarian work, such as <laughs> sniffing out landmines and it. 
tuberculosis. And tuberculosis? And tuberculosis. Okay. Megawa's <laughs> impressive record makes uh, him a popos. I, I didn't make that up. No, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Most successful uh, working rat or hero rat yeah. to date. It also makes him the first rat in the UK animal charity PDSA's 77-year history of honoring critters to win a coveted PDSA gold medal. Other animals to receive the award have included dogs, horses, sure. a pigeon, and a cat, all of whom <laughs> have shown gallantry, usually in protecting their human companions. Nice. There's more. you got to read it. I didn't make it up. No, right. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah, wow. Tuberculosis. Yeah, and they have some nice pictures here. Hmm. Actually, just before I came in, I saw it on the news this morning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's close on technical. It's technical, I guess. All right. In other news, uh, Epic. Um, Epic is the company that wrote uh, the program or the game Fortnite that all your kids are playing uh, all the time. Spotify, Proton Mail, which is a service we've talked about here on Computer Talk over and over again. They're rising up against Apple's 30% cut, or VIG as I call it. Um, basically, if you want to exist on the um, Apple Store, you must pay up 30% of your um, sale price to Apple for the privilege of being there. Now, this is becoming a problem, right? I mean, if you think about it, imagine if somebody built your home for you. You built this beautiful home, and every purchase that you made, the home builder got 30%, right? You buy a TV, the home builder gets 30%. You buy a floor, the home builder gets 30%. You buy an oven, the home builder gets 30%. Would you be okay with that? Because when your, your cost of your stuff is going up. How much, Bob? 30%. <laughs> so if Apple is doing this to developers, you're going to limit people into the market, right, who don't want to give Apple 30%. So just because you happen to have an iOS, an operating system, doesn't mean you can take 30% from somebody who wrote a program that works on your platform. Microsoft has had Windows forever, right? They'd give it to you. Imagine if on top of that, if you wrote, let's say you wrote an ERP system for your manufacturing company, for manufacturing companies out there. And let's say you know, there's tons of them out there, JobBoss, uh, E2 Shop Systems, Vision. These are all ERP systems that run manufacturing companies. Imagine if those companies had to pay a 30% VIG to Microsoft. For the pleasure of having it work on the operating system, we would have no technology. People wouldn't be writing programs if they had to keep paying this blood money to the operating system creator. Can you say open source, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, it's the thing, right? <laughs> so there needs to be more of these this pushback. Uh, you know, I've talked about the Apple tax. It's 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 it, having an Apple device means you're spending a lot more money. And Apple would say, and they they would say to you, "Well, we're producing a much better system for you." Well, thanks, but I'd prefer to be able to. Have my system and eat it too. Meaning, let me have the option to buy software wherever I want to apply to my platform without you taking 30%. Um, I don't know what Google takes, if they take anything from a Google store. Um, so I don't know that answer, but I suspect they either don't take anything or take a much tinier bite. The point is, just because you wrote the platform doesn't mean you deserve a chunk every time somebody buys something for that platform. You've already gotten the, the sale of the platform. You can't have everything on top of it, too. The uh, mentality of it's not your money. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Know, it's out there. So. It is out there. So we'll see what happens here. The Coalition on App Fairness is a nonprofit that is going to lobby for these changes in tech platform policies. So we'll see what happens. But uh, ha something has to change because you're, it's definitely going to be chilling 
the, the developers uh, that are out there, these these entrepreneurs that are thinking, geez, I want to do this type of app for this iOS, but I know Apple's going to take 30% of it. Well, I wouldn't be selling anything on the Apple store, so. Yeah. So we'll see what goes with that. I'll put a link up there for that, that so article. if I want to sell my uh, app for free, does that mean they get 30% of nothing? Probably. <laughs> I, I'm sure they're going to apply I it fairly. They, uh, I think 30% uh, of nothing is looking to be nothing in Apple's case. I'm not 100% sure because it's been a long time since I read about it, but I think they charge you just for getting onto their platform. As a developer, that could be true. They probably have a developer charge as well. I mean, Apple gets you coming and going. So we're going to be here till uh, 11 o'clock, guys, so feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything we talk about is posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. If you go to Facebook and like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy, it may get into your news feed. And, of course, you can follow us over at uh, WTIC's Facebook page and check, out, check us out live in color, pasty white computer geeks. We're there. We'll be right back. And we're back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Three lines open, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We're going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus for the next three weeks. I'll be heading down to the scary state of Florida um, and working remotely. Um, and uh, so it won't be on live uh, for the next three weeks. So just fear, if you have calls you want to get in today, feel free to do it, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out. Um, let's go right to Linda in Berlin first. Hey, Linda. Hi. Hey. I am looking to buy a new laptop, and I just need some advice on what to get. What are you using it for? Just basic stuff at home, or is it for work, basic too? Basic stuff. Um, email. Um, I do a little newsletter for some friends and uh, play some games, and that's about it. Okay. Pictures. All right, so basic stuff. Yeah. Um, you really only need an i5 processor for that. Okay. Uh, i7 is great if it's within your budget, but i5 processor minimum. Um, it's an Intel processor. Try to get a later gen, um, 8, 9, 8th or ninth gen processor. If you get a 7th gen processor, it's getting pretty old. So 8th or ninth gen processor. Um, if you could find 10th gen, that's fine too, but that'll be even harder to find. Laptops are a little little scarce right now thanks to what's going on with everybody working oh. from home. So you're going you're gonna to right. have less choice. Uh, 8 right. gigs of RAM, 16 would be nice, but 8 gigs is plenty. And then a solid-state hard drive, 500 um, gig solid-state drive would be a minimum. Um, that I'd recommend these days. And then as far as the size of the screen, it really comes down to, you know, your comfort level, how heavy the laptop is, how portable you're going to be with it. Um, 15 inches is about a typical laptop size. So I think that's what I have now. Yeah, those are the basics, Windows 10. Um, right. You know, you can always look at Chromebooks too, but they're quite limited. I've, I've got one that I've been playing with for a while, and they're kind of limited. I don't know that I would recommend a Chromebook for too much. Yeah, I, I, and it just sits on the counter here that I use it. I don't need to take it anywhere, so. Oh, perfect. Size doesn't necessarily make a difference for in the screen size for me. Yeah. Um, I know I've listened so many times and think I should write down everything they say about a new computer, <laughs> but okay. I decided I would call today and find out. Well, we appreciate it, Linda. As far as uh, brand. Yeah, I like HP. We've been doing HP for our, our, our business clients for many years now, um, okay. so... We're going to continue to recommend HP. Okay, that's what I have now, too, and I've been happy with it so far. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
That's it. All right. Good luck, Linda. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. 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 Some good news, too, out there. Um, Office. So Office 2019, you're out there thinking you you have to uh, use 365 and rent rent Office from Microsoft for the rest of your natural life um, every month to, to do a Word document. You don't. You don't have to do that. You can buy the Office Suite. Office 2019 has been around for a long time, and the folks at Microsoft think that they're going to continue that idea with Office 2021. So there obviously is a huge group of folks who do not want to rent the ability to write a Word document for the rest of their natural lives and just would like to buy the copy. Now, believe it or not, here myself, the Office Suite that I use is 2013. 2013. I had more hair back then. It still works. It works fine. Um, so if you think about it, I mean, here even here at Tab, we, we, we as a as a partner, quote unquote, with Microsoft, we get access to software. So I could upgrade, right? But it works fine. I got I have other things to do than deal with upgrading my Word just for the for writing a Word document, right? So 2013 works fine. So keep it in mind. Office 2021 will be something you can just purchase once and run for the next 10 years if you want until Microsoft makes the operating system break it on you or something like that. We'll see. <laughs> and that's kind of what happens. It never happens. No, <laughs> no. Uh, so we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. 800-966-WTIC 522-WTIC and uh, everything we've talked about is posted live by Mike G's uh, posted over at computertalkwithtab.com it's the name of the show.com which also works and it'll go into your Facebook feed if you follow Tab Computer Systems on Facebook and like us. Mark Zuckerberg might deem the newsworthy and it may get to your news feed. And of course, we are on WTIC's Facebook page live. We'll be right back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. And we have one line open, I think, for you. 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Let's get right to your calls. You were nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. We're going to go to Carol in East Hartford first. What's going on, Carol? Carol, you there? Carol going once. Carol going twice. No Carol, I guess. All right, we'll put Carol back on hold. Maybe she just doesn't hear us here. Let's go on to go to Dan. We're going to go to Dan in East Windsor. Hey, Dan, what's up? Hey, guys. I got a uh, question about the uh, Microsoft Defender on Windows 10. Yes, sir. I recently just installed uh, the uh, version 2004 of the Windows 10, and uh, I was looking to use the uh, Microsoft Defender offline to do the offline scan. It's supposed to be a deeper scan. Uh -huh. um, according to the instructions, it says you're supposed to be able to launch it, and the computer will restart, and it'll do its thing. Uh, all that happens is when I go to launch it, you know, it pops up the UAC. I, I confirm the UAC confirmation, and then nothing happens, nothing whatsoever. No error messages, no nothing. It just doesn't run, period. Yeah. Uh, I, never, I never did a thing. I would tell you to not use Windows Defender. Um, yeah, you should, I, mean, you... I, I know I can... Get other you know, other uh, uh, yeah security software, but I was just wondering if you could shed some light on that particular item. We can try to find out why Windows Defender is not running offline as promised. 
Um, but my, my point would be that it's not really a very good uh, way to protect your machine. You can't protect Microsoft's operating system using Microsoft's security, right? I mean, yeah, it's the I, fox guard in the hen house. Yeah, I was just trying it and um, just didn't work out. I, I searched online, you know, I did a little Google search, and all I could find were articles saying how to use it. I couldn't find any articles saying, you know, that it wasn't working or why it wasn't working or anything like that. Yeah, well, the snag is the snag is going to be that it's not working under the specific flavor of Windows 10 too. Like you pointed out, you're using the 2004 version, which is a was a big mess um, when it first yeah. came out. Um, so we can do some searching for you, Dan. But I would tell you that it's not a good security tool. Any the free stuff is not the way to go. You need a, a third party, and I would contend don't use Russian software, Kaspersky. That's yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. Stay away from uh, out-of-country antivirus to, uh, softwares like oh yeah, yeah, you know, Bitdefender. Yeah, these... I'm aware. Like AVG, uh, Avast, Kaspersky, uh, all those are they're all Russian. Yeah, yeah. I would stay away from those and yeah, yeah. consider an, an American-based antivirus um, program. Yeah. And I mean, they're not yeah. going to be. They, they, I'm a cynic, so you can't trust any of them, frankly. But uh, I would yeah. have a little more trust in an American-based security tool than an out-of-country yeah. tool. So Webroot yeah, I, is what I, we I recommend. Just, yeah, I, I've used Webroot before. I'll, I'll probably go back to them. But uh, I was just wondering if there was something, you know, if there was a particular workaround or anything like that. Um, yeah, we're looking I for it. Bob's feverishly trying to find it for you. I might I might even try just rolling back to uh, version 1909 uh, get away from the 2004. Really? Yeah. So it could it could be you could try doing that, but I don't think I think that's a bit drastic um, because yeah, it may not I solve mean, the issue. Right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll probably end up using Webroot anyway. But I mean, this is the only the only issue I've had with uh, 2004. I've also had issues with the uh, the start button just randomly not working, and you have to restart the computer to get it to work. And, and issues like that. Yeah, there's a long list of Windows 2004 update problems. Yeah. I mean, I can put links up there yeah. for everybody to see. Um, there's tons yeah. of known issues. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you could go back, uh, but I think you're going to have the same problem. Bob has found some, um, I think you found an article, right, Bob, on this? Yeah. So on this particular issue? Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. We're that good. Bleeping computer. <laughs> Bleeping okay. computer is always a good source. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot. I'm, I'm driving right now, but I'll, I'll look at your, your site later, and I'll, I'll check it out and see um, what happens. All right. Thanks yeah, good luck, Dan. You, you got it, sir. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yeah, it is important to be careful with, uh, you know, the security tools you choose. Um, you need to know where they're from, who's doing the blocking, who's doing the monitoring, who's doing the protecting. Um, it just can't be any free tool because when it's free, what are you, Bob? You're the commodity. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's be careful out there as far as the tools you use. Let's go ahead and refresh the screen here and see what Joey's got going. All right. Uh, oh, no calls. Oh, we lost everybody, everybody. fell right off. I don't know. Did you, did you hang up on everybody, Joey? So uh, feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, while we're waiting. Um, so <laughs> it's already been kind of shown that COVID doesn't really sit on surfaces, but people are still afraid to touch things like doorbell buttons. You know, your doorbell, it's pretty much sitting out in, outside in the elements, um, touched so infrequently uh, by most, you know, I don't know how many times your doorbell rings, Bob, but my doorbell might ring. Once a month, if we're lucky. 
But people are so afraid of the COVID that instead of using their soft little finger to push the doorbell button on the Ring devices, they're sticking like keys and stuff, and they're jamming it into the, the Ring doorbell, damaging the heck out of it um, because they're so afraid of the COVID. So we'll put a link up here as far as what's going on with people's <laughs> doorbells. But folks, come on. I mean, if you know, if, if you're really that afraid, just use your forehead when you ring the doorbell. <laughs> Bang your head against the doorbell. Um, but no, really, it, it, you, can, you can touch the doorbell. If it's been sitting out in, in the elements for days and days and days and days, um, even if, if COVID was transferred that way, it's been out forever, uh, you're probably okay. And then, of course, don't touch your face. Uh, so we'll put a link up here as poor ring is dealing with all these damaged doorbells um, because people are just sticking unyielding metal objects into the doorbell. Yeah, you've, Bob showed me this <laughs> tool you can get to open doors now, right? It's like a some sort of weird key hook or something. It's a uh, key ring door opener. <laughs> and they a bunch of people make them. And you know what's really weird mm. is I'm looking at this. The price ranges from, guess what? I couldn't even tell you. Five dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. To three hundred and ninety three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Just open the door. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> All right, let's go see what's going on for calls. We've got Carol in East Hartford. Ah, she's back. Hey Carol, you there? Hello. Carol, are you there? Yes, I am. I don't know what happened before. Uh oh. Um, Joe, are you having trouble with the phones? This is the thing. Carol, Every you there? Day and all day. Carol in East Hartford, email failure. Yes. I get um, right. on, so my and on my junk and on my trash. Well, uh, you know what? We'll step out for a quick break as Joey figures out what's going on with the phones and uh, get back to your calls. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. And that whole technical issue, if you heard any of it, was my fault. <laughs> I've put down the wrong slider here in our hermetically sealed studios. And uh, I thought we were... It's our fault. So Don, Joey did everything correct. It wasn't him. It was me. Um, let's get right to your calls. This is Computer Talk on WTIC. We're going to go to Carol in East Hartford. You still there, Carol? <laughs> oh, we lost Carol again. <laughs> All right, let's go to Danny, our resident groupie. I don't know what's going on this morning. What's going on, Danny? Hey, hey guys. Uh, listen, we got a new router. Yeah. Um, because uh, the, the, the old one was very old. Yeah, did and, you get the one uh, I recommended? No, you know... We, I called Frontier to, because we had no internet. Mm. So she did a diagnostic, and she said the router was shot, and she said, well, I'll send you a new one. All right. We owned the one we had. Yeah. And I asked her, I said, well, what, is there a charge for that? And she said, no. Mm. All right. So, I mean, we had the, the, the account for 39 years, so maybe wow. that's so, what. But anyway, they sent a um, Frontier NVG443B. All right. Which I guess sells for about $55 online. It's an Aris. Yep. Okay. And, and my question is, is, should I turn that off at night? No. You can leave it on at night. Okay. Why would you There's turn it no off? advantage to having it reset or do anything, or you'd have to actually take the power out for it to reset and reboot. Well, yeah, turning the power off would force that reboot when you brought it back on. But no, I leave it on all the time. Okay. Uh, if you can configure Open DNS in that router, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put a bet on the line here, Danny, that they're not gonna give it to you for free. They gave well, it to you. I'm gonna bet on it too because I still have the box right here beside it because it's going right back. And I asked them if there was gonna be a monthly rental fee, and they said no. Mm-hmm. We'll see. 
We'll see so how it goes. If, I wish you the I best. When I send this back, when it turns out it's not free and or there is a rental fee. Right. Yeah, um, you can do that. What would be a, a reasonable router for us to replace this with? Well, we I like the Linksys line of routers, and I put some we put some links up to the one I've used, but you can also use lesser flavors of that same uh, line of routers. Um, right, because now remember we only have DSL, and it's just my wife and I, and we don't have any we don't watch Netflix or anything online. Well, we can't because of the D, uh, the DSL line. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't need anything too crazy. You could probably spend, you know, around $100 for your router. Uh -huh. um, and you'll need a modem, and yeah. you can either get that from Frontier if they're not going to charge you or buy a Frontier modem and put it in front of it. Right, or look to see if there's a router-modem combo. This is just a router. That is a router-modem combo, I think. Oh, it is, okay. you're connecting, right? So I, I think uh, now, you, my wife always used to get the thing on her computer that page can't be found, uh, no page, you know, like a DNS problem. It looked right. like, yeah. And ever since we got the new router, it hasn't happened once. You probably had old. So if you had a 39 year old account and that router was probably very old, you probably could have had old DNS settings in there that were just a, they were abandoned, but they never cleared them out of your router. Mm -hmm. So. That's probably what your cause was. If you yeah. go in again, if you can go into this Frontier device and log in, you well, might actually, be able to connect. The one we had was about nine years old. Was, we got it at the AT&T store sure, before, sure. They, they bought, before Frontier bought them. Right, so they could have some legacy DNS settings. In yeah, there. They could so have. they were still probably pointed to the retired DNS IPs. Right. Because so we in had this case, that whole problem when they did the switchover with the AT&T to Frontier when right. everybody was having that DNS problem. Yep. And that yep. just continued with us. And when we called Frontier, they said we just needed to upgrade the account for more speed, but the router did it. Yeah, the router had an old setting in it. If you can configure OpenDNS in your router, Danny, you should. I know. We have tried and haven't been able to, to walk ourselves through it. With the new router? Well, we haven't tried with the new one yet. All right, try with the new one. Okay. All right. It's and one other hard. quick thing for my tablet. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm running out of memory. I can put the uh, uh, the chip in there, right, and then I'll have expanded memory automatically. Generally, if the if the, if the uh, device supports it, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, up, it's a S two, so I can just get the little uh, um, SD card, micro, micro SD, SD card, right? Yep. yep. Okay, guys, thanks a lot. Have, Thank hey, you. have a nice time down south. I'm going to. Everything's wide open. Yeah, I know. Oh boy. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> just don't wear a mask. Oh, goodbye. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Not worried at all. We're even flying. I want to thank Danny for uh, getting on the call there. Let's go to, let's refresh our screen here, Bob, and see who we got on the call. We've got Rich in Glastonbury. What's going on, Rich? Yeah, hi, good morning. Thank morning. you for taking my call. Um, earlier in the show, you were talking about the Zoom uh, for people viewing when they're at home or a remote location. The question I have is I use Zoom, and it worked very well. And then I have another invitation where the presenter wants to use WebEx. Mm -hmm. so I went to the WebEx website. It seemed like it was quite a bit more involved in Zoom. Yeah, uh, that's Cisco. The, yeah, the first question. And the second question is, what, what else is available that could be used uh, besides Zoom and WebEx? Uh, it seems like they kind of corner the market. Uh, well, Microsoft's got Teams out there. Okay. So they're throwing Teams into their 365 offering, so you could use that. Um, there are third-party PBX phone systems that even offer video conferencing. So the, the market is actually quite wide open for um, IP-based um, conferencing. But Zoom is, has been pretty popular prior to the, po the pandemic because it was nearly free, and it was free. 
Um, WebEx is expensive. It's a Citrix product, a Cisco product, and uh, it is complicated. Google has uh, has one. There's Google Classrooms and there's Google other. I can't think of the name of the other I Google one. I can't think one. of them either. But, but you know, Duo, yeah, Google Duo is out there for you. So, but Why would um, this is a um, course being offered by an educational institution? Mm-hmm. And I'm not too sure many of the students have WebEx. Why, why would they be using WebEx instead of Zoom, or is it the um, instructor's choice? Well, it's probably a salesperson who got to the school and said, hey, let's configure WebEx and school pay me monthly for this ability. That's what, that's how it all gets there. Yeah. And they just decided on using it. Now, on your end, all you need is a client. It's a free client, so you're not going to pay for anything. Um, you're going to connect using that client, and um, you're going to have all these different little tools that are sitting on your computer to work remotely. It's not a big deal. Um, so, don't so be afraid of it. That's an easy connection for me to make on WebEx? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's same, just as easy as Zoom, with with little caveats. Some, I mean, it can be more complicated because everything Cisco does is more complicated. Okay. Um, yep. Someone on uh, on the Facebook page uh, talked about Skype too, so you can use. There's all sorts of tools out there that you can use for video conferencing. Okay. Okay. Great. I want to thank you uh, both for the information. You're welcome, Rich. Thank yep. you for calling. Have a good day. You too. Yep. Bye. Bye bye. All right. Let's refresh Bob and see who's who's out there. We're going to go, no, just, so we're, again, we're open again, wide open, phones, 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. So I was going to bring this up um, while we wait for your calls, because I thought it was kind of funny. So we've been hearing all the crazy stories about um, Australia and their lockdowns and stuff like that. But in this case, um, the Australian city of Melbourne, which has been one of those cities that has locked down everybody crazily, um, hit 1,200 people with fines parking fines because they go park your car and then you are entering the the information on your license plate and the citizens are mistaking capital O's for zeros or vice versa. It's not apparent as to what you have on your license plate as far as the font they chose. Is it a zero or is it a O? They put it in the pay station and then they would get a ticket because they didn't represent the right character because they couldn't tell by looking at their license plate. <laughs> it's not the person's fault. It's the government's fault for not being more apparent on how to make a zero. And 1,200 fines went out um, just dealing with that minor typo. I know in Connecticut they use the same template, if you will, for an O and a zero. But I would contend that I can tell the difference between an O and a zero in the font that is chosen on our license plates. Well, um, I... They have a pattern here. So yeah. you know the first and last, well, the most recent ones, first and last are numbers, right. and right. then the four middle ones are letters. Sure, sure. But if there's an O in there and a, and a zero. And you could be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you could be in trouble. They look alike, I'm the, telling you. <laughs> the, re- the reason I brought this up, I'll post it out at Computer Talk with Tab, is that so we went to the, our favorite place in the Outer Banks in North Carolina this summer, as we always do, and driving down, we have our... Easy pass and the tolling systems are, you know, really cool and technical. And of course, here in Connecticut, we don't want that. Trust me. Um, and the reason we don't want it is because when we crossed over the Delaware Memorial Bridge, they they just sent me. A, and this is back in July. We went. And now they're sending us a note saying you didn't pay your toll. I'm saying yes, I did. Three bucks is what the toll was. You want to know what the fine would be for me not paying the toll? Uh, Two hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> not as bad. 
53 bucks worth of added bologna on top of this thing. Well, $3 20, for the toll. Yeah, $25 administration <laughs> fee. Some sort of fireman's fund of $10. Of course, I went on EasyPass and have a receipt for the actual thing. It did. I did go and pay the toll. It worked fine. But my point is, man, if we ever got tolls in Connecticut and you miss it, they're going to – I bet you it would be a $250 hit here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The War of 1812 tax would be on that. We're going to step out for a quick break. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll do our best to help you out. We're here for another hour, here till 11 o'clock. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.